happy Monday to sing in duo. <laughs> I'm Melinda Collins. And I'm Gina Vogie. And this is Blonde Moments Podcast. And we're here to entertain you and talk about poo. Actually, I don't think I have any poo talk today. But I got some dick talk today. I have some interesting talk today. Okay. It is our true crime, but we have so many other things to cover first. Yeah, I feel like today I'm like fully loaded with a bunch of stuff to mm-hmm. talk about. Y'all are in for a treat. Yes. And the first thing I want to talk about is, have you heard the shit about Army Hammer? I heard something about it on GMA the other day. Something about like cannibalism. Yes. Do you know who he is? I had to look it up like afterwards, but apparently he's in a lot of Disney movies too, like as a voice. Oh, I didn't know that. Wasn't he also in Entourage? I don't know that. I know him as the twins from Social Network. Yeah. And he was also in that like Tonto movie with Johnny Depp. I mean, he has like a whole list of stuff that he's been in, but... I was perusing the internet and I found the text messages he was sending to this woman. And these are awful. Oh, no. I didn't even see those. I'm going to read them to you. And I'm wearing overalls today. So if you hear my little jingle, jingle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to be a farmer today. He said, I'm going to come thinking of breaking your bones. Text me about me breaking your bones while raping you. And I'll send you the voice note while I come while reading it. My cock is in my hand and I'm thinking of breaking your ribs. Oh my He says, I want to brand you, tattoo you, mark you, shave your head and keep your hair with me. Cut a piece of your skin off and make you cook it for me. I mean, I feel like the test can be endless. Yes. Whose slave master relationship is the strongest? We'd win when I tell you to slit your wrist and use the blood as lube for anal. I mean, this guy is That like, is sick. This slit is, this your is, wrist and use the blood as lube yes. for anal? He says, I want to see. I want to see everything. I want to see your brain, your blood, your organs, every part of you. I would definitely bite it 100% or try to fuck it. Not sure which. Probably both. This is so fuck to me if i fucked you into a vegetative state i'd keep you feed you wash you and keep fucking you till you are sore and broken and then there's actual her responding you know and she's saying like what did she respond to this well and those are they don't show a response but other messages so he says you're my angel you're made to save me you're mine you hear me say it now She says, I am yours. I belong to you. Say that you're mine. Mine. M-I-N-E. I I own you. I'll own you forever. I do. I am yours, daddy. And then he says, good girl, your body is so fucking perfect and it's mine and I'm into you. I need your blood. I crave it. Will you give it to me tomorrow? Don't forget that you're mine. She says, that topic, once again, it is very intense. I believe there were other ones where she was like, you hurt me. Like, you hurt me. This isn't okay. This guy wants, he wants to fucker into a vegetative state he wants to break her bones he wants to eat her skin he wants to rape her like this is this is some fucked up shit yeah i i i i don't even know what to say to this i was like okay what is this going to be all about and then you know because you read some stuff in the media and they just kind of glaze over you know that sort of stuff but i was on twitter and was able to see because she made an instagram page called hammers horror horror and 
she was like posting all these text messages and I'm like, oh my God, like that is terrifying shit right yeah. there. That's not just like. That's like he's wants to murder somebody. Exactly. exactly. And he just hasn't done it yet. And it's he, not like he's like, you know, this is a fetish of mine. Would you be into this? This no, is like. That's taking it to like a whole different level. Fuck. That's very scary. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see over time how much more stuff comes out about him and if there's plenty of women too because this isn't just your average dirty talk no there was another part too that i had read that he wants to cut off her toe and keep it with him all the time oh my god Mm -hmm. this guy's in a ton of shit his agents are saying it's bullshit i mean i mean if you have it in a text message all you have to do is verify the phone number. Yeah. And some of these were direct messages, and you can see his little check by his name, yeah. like the verified. I don't know. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, here, it's... here, here it is. You just live to obey and be my slave. If I wanted to cut off one of your toes and keep it with me in my pocket, so I always had a piece of you in my possession. This is scary to me, too, because he's voicing it. But think about how many people have these fantasies out there, but don't actually voice it. I don't know what's worse. Yeah. But I, I mean, it seems like he's done. for the hills. <laughs> Didn't, wasn't he married once too? I don't know really that much about him. I don't either. I, I actually really didn't really know much of him until I heard about this on Good Morning America the other day. Because I think his wife or someone like that was speaking out about it. And I'm not sure if it was like she was backing it up or I don't know. We'll have to look into this more. This man is fucking terrifying. And he's like not a bad looking guy. His- not that that has anything to do with anything. No, but, but it's you know. like what? who hurt him, right? To like have these sort of dark deep things like when i think of somebody who's down this much of like a horrifying hole i think something tragic has happened to you to make you desire this sort of stuff oh they were married his wife apparently has spoken out said i didn't realize how much i didn't know Mm. wow she said for weeks i've been trying to process everything that has transpired i am shocked heartbroken and devastated Ooh, that sucks Heartbreak aside, I am listening and will continue to listen and educate myself on these delicate matters. I didn't realize how much I didn't know. One of his exes, her name's Courtney Vukovic. He said to me, he wants to break my rib and barbecue and eat it. Oh. Um, I want to take a bite out of you. She said that if she had a cut on her hand, he'd like suck it or lick it. But she said that's as weird as she got with him. I just think this is- I don't care how much I liked somebody. If I had a cut and they were like- Ooh, let me suck and lick on that and got like an erection from it. I'd be like, yeah, we are not a good match. <laughs> we are not compatible. You know, I'm sure you can go on the interwebs and find people that are into like, you know, we talked about vampire fetishes a long time ago. Oh, this goes into this even more. <sighs> this model, Paige Lorenze, probably saying that wrong, said, he was 100% about removing her ribs for consumption. She said that he told her, you can remove the bottom ribs so you can smoke them, cook them, and eat them. You don't need them. <laughs> okay. If, if no. some fucking guy, whether I was dating you a month, a day, a year, five years, and you fucking talked about, let's remove your ribs and eat them... <laughs> It would be, uh, I would probably file a restraining order, move, not tell him my new location. Like, that's 
That's scary. Yes, I need, motherfucker, I need my bottom rib, okay? I don't, <laughs> it's a no. Uh, No, I Run. need my bottom rib. You're not barbecuing it. What the fuck? People it, are crazy. It, yeah, it seems like he's had put some weird pictures on his Instagram too where he has photos of huge chunks of raw meat, a pig's head, a huge knife that he captioned with the hashtag and that read, give me something to carve. Nobody noticed before now that But this, this isn't new. Ugh. If I were his like <laughs> managers, I would be like, why are you posting this on social media? army mm. i this is like a fucking weird one to me and um some of these women said that when they would date him they would like groom him or they he would groom them to like, like lick them like a cat <laughs> no not groom like <laughs> groom them to like like these sort of oh, things you i get what weirdo. you're saying i get what you're saying but then so that brings me to marilyn manson who has been accused by Evan Rachel Wood of the fact that he started grooming her when she was a teenager. Oh, no. And then he, like, basically abused her for years. Sexual and physical violence. It's just freaking wild to me. And not that this has anything to do with anything either, but he is not attractive. <laughs> I am so sorry. There is nothing about that man that would make me be like, oh, I want to fuck him. But I think, you know, there's obviously a lid for every pot and there's people who find him attractive and probably- No, it's called fame. The fame is the only- If that man worked at Applebee's (laughs) (laughs) in Niles, Michigan or something, I don't fucking know. Nobody would be fucking chasing after him, wanting to fuck him and letting <laughs> letting him abuse them. Let's be realistic here. It's fame. It's who he is. It's his name. Sure, but I'm saying like his like demeanor and the way he like carries himself and dresses, there's got to be oh, women who are attracted to that. Yeah, and you don't get into a relationship with someone that looks like that thinking it's going to be normal, that you're going to go to right. church on I mean, Sunday. I mean, even on, I read his autobiography, like he was a fucking weirdo from day one, like yeah. doing some weird ass shit. But then when you, he jizzes on stage, he comes, he pees, he, I already said comes, he, he poops, he pees, he, they like, spray like animal blood yeah. like this is somebody you think you're gonna go home with and he's gonna be like mm, just lay on your back we're gonna have missionary and afterwards we can have some hot cocoa and watch netflix like yeah. no that's no. not now i am not defending him at all because he did some fucked up shit because yeah. he started this girl grooming her when she was a teenager and she said that he was super jealous cut her off from her close friends and family he had tied her up all sorts of Fucked up shit. So I am not defending this. I'm just saying, like, he's not somebody that I'm expecting to be, like, vanilla sexist. No, not at all. But this is... But no, not defending it. But yeah, you got to pick and choose carefully who you get into a relationship, I guess, is what we're learning from all of this. And And look for those red flags. Yes. I was just going to say that if there is signs... You need to pay attention to those signs and get the fuck out of there. You know, and unfortunately, it's sad because, you know, when you're young and impressionable and you have a guy who's paying you attention, who is famous, who, I mean, it's the whole R. Kelly thing, too. It's the same Mm -hmm. exact scenario. They're totally taking advantage of their fame and their status and everything else. And they're looking for a certain type of Uh person, I feel like, who maybe are more susceptible, I don't want to speak out of turn, maybe more susceptible to it or they really 
really are like this person and is trying to impress impress them and be with them and they take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. It's Which is really sad. So this is obviously still an ongoing story. I'm sure there's going to be so much more that comes out. Oh, but they're both still ongoing stories, yes. right? Yes. I just, I feel terrible for women that get involved in these sorts of relationships and probably feel like there's no way out. I personally was in a relationship with a very jealous person who didn't even want me to hang out with my sister. And eventually one day I opened my eyes because I was like, it's this is not any way to live my life. I am too independent of a person. You can't tell me how to dress and who to hang out with. And how to live my life. He started getting physically abusive with himself. And that was a big eye-opener for me where I was Red like, flag. I'm going to be next. Yeah. If you are in a bad relationship, I mean, shit, send us a, an email. We'll do whatever we can to try to help you and figure out how to get out Give of it. I advice. feel like yeah. there's always somebody you can turn to, but if it's really like what these women are going through, I would turn to the authorities. Ugh, man, we'll have to keep updated on these stories and find out what's going on. I just feel bad because it's like y- you can't fix this for the women. No, man, that army hammer too, that, oh, that is just fucking creepy. Both stories equally awful. I'm Ugh. sorry, but if some man started DMing me about barbecuing my ribs and eating my flesh, oh, no. um, blocked. Mm-mm. I don't care how cute I think you are. I don't care how famous you are. I don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, there's some people out there that are into like the vampire fetish and stuff, sure. but I don't even think they take it that far. I don't know. I, I don't think If somebody so. wants to eat your skin. That's disgusting. There's there's more going on there. Yeah. And they for- have people <laughs> probably bodies in their basement. Yeah. I would say. Check their freezer. Well, I'm going to move on. With an interesting story. Okay. Has 2020 got you down? Now 2021. Yeah, it's not any different. No. Tired of being stuck in coronavirus lockdown? Do you feel trapped in the prison that is your mind? Sounds like you're in need of a scream. Luckily, there's a hotline for that. (laughs) A scream hotline? Those looking to let out their frustrations can call this number and simply (laughs) scream down the phone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's even a website, just scream.baby, where visitors can listen back to their own screams as well as other people's. <laughs> Is it just because you want to like have somebody validate that you're screaming? Why can't you just scream into your pillow or scream outside? Because somebody's listening to your scream. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. that's what it is. You need to you need the validation. Somebody hears me. Mm-hmm. And you're screaming with other people too, I guess. So you can listen to theirs. In a step-by-step guide on the site, Chris Gulmar, the teacher, occasional artist, and generally rather quiet person who set up the project, outlines how to use the hotline. Step one, call. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Don't worry. There is no live human on the other end of the line. Step two, scream. Wait for the beat. Wait, 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 (laughs) wait. There's no live human on the other end of the call. It's just a recording. Wait for the beep. Scream. This makes no sense to me. (laughs) You're not getting validation. But because nobody is there. Bullshit. Nobody's there. He listens to them, apparently. He probably just doesn't want somebody like talking his ear off for like five hours. Yeah. Apparently, he listens to the screams. You can go on the website, listen to your own screams, other people's screams. It's just people uniting in a unison of scream. (laughs) Hey, if that's how you got to get it out, 
That's how you get it out. Maybe people just need to feel heard and they are happy knowing that he's going to listen to that recording of their scream voicemail later. I mean, whatever helps, I guess. (laughs) I just would eat like a bowl of ice cream. I mean, I could scream, then eat the bowl of ice cream. You could scream while eating the ice cream. You could. (laughs) Until Herbie Hancock or whatever the fucking... Denmark guy, little wiener comes and steals your ice cream. Oh my God. Speaking of, I have an update on that show. It aired. And it's been canceled. No, it aired (sighs) and has not been canceled. It's actually called John Dillermand. (laughs) That's the name of the show. And it's aired and continues airing, but it's raised a lot of controversy, even in Denmark. Like people are like, no, but the show is backing it saying that it's generally difficult and can be both difficult and embarrassing to just be different. Turns out... (laughs) This isn't somebody who's just different. Yeah. This isn't like you're missing a finger. Nobody's dick is that long. Yeah. They're saying it turns out that the difference can be a gift when you dare to stand by yourself and your mistakes. Okay. Well, maybe target it for older children. I just... I. (laughs) They're still trying to defend it, saying that they're showing that differences are okay. But how is showing differences are okay with a man with a giant penis that steals ice cream with his penis? Like, I... I got nothing. Okay. They also insisted that the show helps children understand human anatomy that it is doesn't children. even look like a penis. So this is <laughs> that is children grow so as their curiosity over body and genitals. They believe yeah, it can be. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to watch the show and they're going to see their first penis and be like, "What? Yeah, it's not twelve feet long and red and white. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Yeah, there's something really wrong with you." They believe it can be portrayed in a way that can be both embarrassing and fun. And despite the backlash and criticisms, it looks like the network will still continue to run the show and Danish kids will still get a chance to see what more John's penis can bring to the table. I still can't get behind this one. Like, okay, I I hear what they're trying to say about, yes, I believe that kids should, you know, be okay with differences in bodies and everybody is but different. But why does it have to be genitalia? Yeah, why does it have to be a long penis that steals ice cream? <laughs> I just cannot. Like, couldn't he have like a weird, funky, big, long nose? And the worst part about this whole thing for me is it looks like it's like claymation, which I do not like. <laughs> he looks weird, like John Dillermand or whatever. He would just he get so much better weird. if they were puppets. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I, okay, yeah. So it aired and it's still going to be airing. Not getting my view. Yeah. No, it's not getting my view either. That's for sure. What if it was a vagina? What would they do with the vagina? (laughs) No. (sighs) (laughs) Okay. So we have beat this to a dead horse. And I'm going to bring it up again because one of our listeners, Shane, sent this in. Now we've talked about the cock cages Mm -hmm. said hey girls i'm a tech and it security nerd so when the hack passed my eyes i know i had to share it basically this is a cock cage chastity device that is connected to your phone and somebody worked out how to remotely lock it 
<gasps> the problem was there was no, no way to unlock it, so your manhood was held for ransom. Some people had to cut it off with an angle grinder until the company released a video showing how to pull it apart. <gasps> so last week, oh I touched base gosh. on how hackers were hacking into like your sexy toy panties. This is a million times worse. Yeah. The fact that you thought you had no other way to get this thing off of your dick, but to use a grind whatever on it, like a That's saw. terrifying. Like your dick is stuck in this thing now. Oh, no. <laughs> this should just be a general rule of thumb as to why it's a horrible idea to put your dick in one of these things. So this particular lock and clamp is sold online for $190, and it's marketed as a way for owners to give a partner control over access to their body, and Mm -mm. you connect it to a smartphone via Bluetooth. This just freaks me out. Yeah. So you can lock their dick up from your phone while they're just like sleeping at home? I guess if they have it on. Mm-mm. See, I, I, no. Again, this is just a horrible idea. Keep keep your dicks free. Keep the dicks free. <laughs> yeah, and you won't have to worry about <laughs> using a bolt cutter to get it off. Let the dick and balls free in the pants and, and let's not lock them up, okay? So then he sends me another story and says, oh, no. so there is a worse story. <laughs> Which to me, I don't know if this is worse because it's not physically harming you, but this is freaky. Someone hacked a dildo brand and got all the data. They got things like how often it was used, how long it was used for, what settings were used, the temperature of the person using it, as well as their location and devices it was connected to. That's freaky. And now Melinda used it two times today. (laughs) She didn't have a fever. It's so scary to me to like think that that information in the wrong person's hands. I mean, if you're, you you know, if people want to share that information with you to help make a better dildo, that's one thing. But if you're using this information without somebody's knowledge or consent, it's a crazy fucked up world we live in out there. You can't even use a dildo anymore. Well, this just makes me want to like trash everything and just be like, nope, I'm good. Sticking to good old Mr. Finger. Mm -hmm. That's my motto. Yeah. (laughs) Come to my side. See, I'm safe. I'm not a dildo user anyways, but I just, it's so scary to think. This one particular toy had a small camera on one end to record video to send to a partner. That's even scarier. Can you imagine? What the fuck is happening in the world? You can't even fucking masturbate in peace anymore. (laughs) You can't like have your privacy. What the hell? So they called hijacking this sort of device screw driving. And the victim wouldn't know their device had been compromised until it was too late. So this is a violation for sure. It is. And anybody who's doing something like this should be held accountable. Yeah. Especially because you're getting their location too. Ugh, I don't Mm-mm. like that. I don't like that at all. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. So you know what we found out here? That your friend Gina is real smart. Mr. Pillow? Mm-mm. He never told a soul. <laughs> His lips were sealed. <laughs> he was always there for me in times of comfort and come. That pillow never did me dirty. Let me tell you. Never. <laughs> no cameras. No weird. Can you hear them? They talk about us. <laughs> telling lies. What's the, what's the chorus? Our I lips are know. sealed from the Go-Go's. Oh. Our lips are sealed. 
So, you know, we might all have to just revert back to the old-fashioned ways of going to fucking town on those pillows and using your fingers, and then you can still masturbate in private. Honestly, it's smarter because... You don't have to worry about a picture of you Mm -hmm. or your location or whatever the fuck it is ending up on the internet. See, I I knew what I was doing. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Well, I have to touch base on this really quickly, too. (laughs) A listener sent in a little reply Mm. to something I discussed previously. Okay. A little mishap I had during sex. (laughs) (laughs) A little Uh toot toots. (laughs) Uh, Kenneth sent in, hi, about the farting and sex. (laughs) I have held it in. However, I've had two previous girlfriends just let it rip once or twice during sex. (laughs) See, me and Kenneth are the same. I said, did it bother you when they just let it rip? He said, it happens. I was surprised the first time because she had never done that before. Oh, no. That's even worse. You've never even farted in front of them, and the first time is when you're doing it? Mm -hmm. (gasps) Awful. The other was a girl that just lived in the moment and laughed it off. (laughs) She's like, yep, I do this all the time. Which, by the way, my husband and I were talking about this later, and he was like, I don't know why you were so freaked out. He's like, it's not like you've never farted on me before. <laughs> so he has caught you. <laughs> yeah, you thought you were slick, Rick. I did. Away with I was it. like, "What?" He's like, "You've let a little toot out on my balls." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So to answer that question as well, apparently I was not slick. Not nah. he totally <laughs> knew. <what was> happening. <laughs> So there's that. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, Then Kenneth said, I honestly can't say anything bad about either of them. They were great girlfriends and great lovers. Oh. I know. What a nice guy. I hope they can say the same about you, Kenneth. I'm sure they would. (laughs) I said, I love that. Hey, sometimes it happens, right? Don't let it ruin the mood or a good time. And he said, we're all human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he said, thanks for starting my week off right every week. Oh, we love you. Yes. I too have a listener story that (laughs) rocked my world and made me so, like, I was literally laughing out loud, but this is from Heather. She said, just listen to the episode when you said you'd take a drone and drop bags of poop on dude's house who killed a dog. Remember? Because the reporter was dropping a deuce. Who could forget? She says, LMAO, true story. My brother and I took his slingshots and shot our neighbor's house up with poop one winter. We saved dog poop from our multiple dogs for like a month and shot poop under the snow-covered roof of our next-door neighbor after we found out he was a child molester. Oh, hell (laughs) yes. When the weather finally turned, he had shit dripping down his whole side of his house. (laughs) Fuck that dude. Anyways, I died when you said that brought back that great memory. By the way, it was frozen, so it wasn't gross as a kid to shoot in a slingshot for some reason. I would have been right there with you. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I would. I would probably use my own poop for that one. Zero tolerance for I would pedophiles. have made that man so uncomfortable to never want to live in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would use my own poop too. Pooped on a paper <laughs> plate before. I'll do it again. <laughs> don't test Gina. <laughs> don't test me. I'll, She'll do it. I'll do it. I'll <laughs> fling that right on your fucking doorstep. 
<laughs> pedophile. <laughs> She'll offer you a nice poo sandwich. Oh, man. Well, I have a sad story, but I figure we can segue into our true crime here. Okay. This is crazy to me. This happened in Pennsylvania. There was a significant snowfall in Plains Township, Pennsylvania, that took a tragic and bizarre turn Monday when police say a shoveling dispute left three people dead. Oh, my God. Isn't this terrible? Ugh. Officers responded to reports of a shooting around 9.30 a.m. Neighbors said they were getting ready to shovel the snow when they heard arguing followed by a dozen gunshots. It was around 9.30 a.m. They heard people yelling and heard gunshots. 9.30 in the morning? Yeah. He looked out his window. The neighbor did, saw a gunman, and called 911. And then when investigators arrived, they found three people dead, two of the victims, one found in the middle of the street, and another between two parked cars were husband and wife. Police say it was an argument about shoveling snow. The third person is believed to have opened fire on the couple before going home and turning the gun on himself. Okay, I want to know what the hell this argument possibly could have been. Enough to take a human life. And then your own. But to take somebody's life over shoveling snow. I mean, I've seen true crime episodes before, you know, where it's neighbors involved. Remember there was that one about the neighbors that had a dispute over like a driveway or something? It's just, like, it's so crazy to me that you could let it escalate to that point, a disagreement with your neighbor. To get to the point where you actually will shoot somebody to kill them is insane. Yeah. Over shoveling. I mean, obviously, tensions are riding high, I think, be- with a lot of people mm-hmm. with the state of the world right now. But, man, you got to take a breather, or cool down, relax. Like, it's, it's... Yeah, usually shoveling will help you. Yeah. Get it out. Oh, my God. Mm. Okay, well, I'll start out with my true crime story today. It's a weird one. It's a very weird one. And it's sad because the girl was so young. She was 18 years old. This is a story of Rose Larner. And this takes place in Lansing, Michigan. When she was 18 years old, she was what her friends and parents would call a very mouthy, angsty, street smart, yet friendly girl. But she was very, like, sure of herself and very outgoing she would tell people what she thought of them uh there's a a reported story where she had invited people over to her house for a party when her parents were away one weekend and some girls showed up and they weren't invited and she made them leave so she was like like, you gotta go get out her mother was even in an interview and was quoted as saying if rose was ever to be kidnapped the kidnappers would pay her to take her back (laughs) (laughs) oh seemed like a feisty girl She was always on the phone with her friends, and this is the 90s, so we're not talking texting. This is actual phone calls. And one of her best friends was named Billy Brown, and she had known him since she was in the fifth grade. Rose started dating one of Billy's friends. His name was John Ortiz Kehoe, and the three of them were inseparable. And Rose and John even ended up moving in together, but it didn't last very long, and soon they broke up and John moved out, but Rose was devastated, and she was just not letting him move on. But John had basically lost interest in Rose, and there's reports that 
Rose took her mother's van and drove to John's place and rammed his truck in. Oh my gosh. So broke his windows. She was not, because she she found out that he was with a different girl, but they were broken up. So she was not, she was was not not having it. Handling the rejection well. One night, Rose went to visit her mother at work at a local convenience store and she told her mom that she was going to go visit her friend Keith at his house which was nearby and her mom asked her not to go because she said that she had a bad feeling but rose said she was just gonna walk over to keith's house well that night rose never returned home the next day rose's mom called all of rose's friends to try to find out if anybody had heard from her or seen her because there is reports that she was kind of wild and rebellious and if she went missing for a few days it really wasn't that unusual but her mom just had this gut feeling that something wasn't right That's the worst, too, especially for her mom. Like, she had a feeling already Mm -hmm. and then still had the feeling when she didn't come back. All of Rose's friends said that they hadn't seen her, they hadn't heard from her. So Rose's mother called authorities and asked for help and said, you know, her daughter's missing. Normally, per month, Rose would have over 1,500 phone calls. Like I said before, she was always on her phone. And the authorities noticed that once Rose went missing, there were no outgoing phone calls. And they were trying to say that if that's somebody's normal routine, you don't break a habit like that. Mm -mm. It just seemed super suspicious. Also, Rose did not turn up for work. She was working at a pizza place. Two weeks go by and still no Rose. They started a search team. They were searching local rivers, lakes. They were actually draining them. They had helicopters, actual people like going out into fields and forests, everything trying to find her. Hundreds upon hundreds of tips came in, but nothing was a valuable source, except that the only names that kept coming up was Billy Brown and John Kehoe. John Kehoe had been contacted that night by Rose, the night that she went missing, but he had an alibi. And his alibi was that he was on a date with a different woman and said he knew nothing about Rose's whereabouts. Billy Brown, too, had been taken in for questioning, but he said he was also on the date with John and the other girl. Uh, It was a double date, and he said that he had no idea where Rose was. So two and a half years go by, no leads, no new tips. There's some reports that say Billy Brown called authorities but there's some reports that say that the state police took over this case so they started looking into billy brown again right because they're still the only two names that are really associated with her Mm -hmm. and they never found a body never found a body okay the state police get their hands i'm just gonna go with that theory the state police get their hands on the case and they started looking further into john kehoe They found out that even after they were broken up, that she had driven over to John's house, saw that she was with another, saw that he was with another woman and drove her van into the side of John's truck and broke his windows. They also found out that John and Billy were both drug dealers and in business together. Police do not believe their alibi from the night because what coincidentally, they're on a double date together. Together. They're each other's alibis. Mm -hmm. Right. The police decide to bring Billy in for questioning again and really put some pressure on him. The detectives who were interviewing Billy were shocked and could not believe what they heard next. The detectives even said that they went home and, like, kissed their wives, and one guy started going to church after this. Oh, no. So I'm going to give you Billy's testimony here, and then later on I'm going to go into further detail once we know more information. So this is just a little bit of it. So this isn't even where it gets super bad, but it is still bad. On December 7th, Billy ran into Rose near the convenience store where her mom worked. 
she told Billy she wanted to see John and was begging Billy to page John. She wanted John to come pick her up. John said, yes, I'll come pick you up, but you have to agree to have sex with both of us. Oh, no. Rose agreed. John's grandparents were out of town, so they decided to drive to their grandparents' house. Once there, Rose began to feel uncomfortable and said she didn't want to have the threesome. Billy said John got super angry, killed Rose, and then dismembered her body. Then they cleaned the entire house of all blood and debris so there was no more evidence. They drove to a cabin that was owned by Billy's parents. They burned her body and then spread her ashes along roads in Michigan. Now, when I tell you later on, it gets much worse. So oh, no. Billy told police that he helped John and didn't tell anyone because he was scared of John killing him. He also said that John had kept him hostage for a while and wouldn't let him out of his sight. So detectives are like, okay, like this is a damning story, but is he telling the truth? He said Rose was murdered in the bathroom. So they went to John's grandparents' house. They get a warrant and they search the bathroom with luminol and they were not able to find anything any trace of blood anywhere in the bathroom. But they did luminol the carpet in the hallway, and what they did find was there was an imprint of a bloody bucket. Unfortunately, it's two and a half years later, and there wasn't enough DNA to actually run a test on that. Mm. Detectives then noticed on the wallpaper right outside of the bathroom, there was what appeared to look like a blood droplet, but it almost matched the wallpaper. They ran the blood through testing to see if it was actually blood, and it proved to be that it was. They were able to extract enough blood for DNA comparison, but detectives felt like they had nothing to compare this DNA to. So they look further into Rose's background and find out she was involved in a sexual assault case four years earlier where a sample of her blood was taken, and that was still in police custody, which is crazy. Yeah. What are the chances? The two of them matched. Billy had also told detectives that they rinsed off rags in the basement sump pump, so they went and collected as much as they could from that area, as well as the fire pit outside. They put the ashes under UV light to look for bone. They were able to find some bone fragments, but they weren't able to retrieve any DNA from those fragments because they were so burned and tiny, but they were able to determine that they were human bone fragments. Mm. So they put out an arrest warrant for John, and turns out, He had fled the country. He was in Mexico. Long story short, the Mexican authorities were able to find him, and they brought him over to the United States where he could serve a trial. So this is really what happened. So he confesses to it after... Nope, nope. (laughs) Oh, no. John met up with Billy and Rose around 3 o'clock in the morning, and they decided to go to John's grandparents' house. Along the way, they stopped at a store... John went inside and he bought a knife, hatchet, trash bags, and lighter fluid. The three of them took a shower together. During the shower, Rose then said she did not want to have a threesome. John left the bathroom and then came back in with the cord. Billy and Rose were out of the shower but were still in the bathroom. And I guess it's reported that Rose actually thought John was being funny and she was even laughing. But he strangled her right there at the sink Mm-hmm. Then he picked her up, put her in the shower, slit her throat, and dismembered her body, putting her into trash bags. For the next two days, John and Billy cleaned the cabin as much as they could, any blood, any evidence. Then they drove 100 miles to Billy's family property and made a fire pit. They burned her body for about 10 hours. This next sentence is disgusting. John took pieces of Rose's burned flesh, put it on a slice of bread with mustard, and ate it, quote-unquote, for the experience. Oh, no. 
At the trial, John had said that Billy was the one who killed Rose, but Billy felt like he couldn't live with this anymore, so he decided to go to the detectives first and put everything on John. Billy was like, "That's I'm telling you the truth. This is really what had happened. The jury deliberated for one hour and came back, and he ended up getting the maximum sentence, which was life without parole. When John received his sentence, he laughed. This man is disturbing, and I'm glad he's in prison. Billy got one year in prison. It was so minimal because obviously he helped the police solve the murder, but John still maintains his innocence, and he says Billy twisted the story in his favor. And the little cherry on top of this whole freaking case here is that John has a fiance in prison. Why? Here we are again with these women that want to be with men in prison that they can't actually be with that have committed these heinous crimes like what the fuck and i guess she is constantly tweeting on social media about his innocence so this story was super sad to me because like you had said earlier the mom had this gut feeling that something was off and not right didn't want her daughter to go can you imagine as a mother hearing that that happened to your child no that's when like i I agree with like people who attack their children's perpetrator whatever they did Mm -hmm. like i've i've never felt any guilt when you see somebody in the courtroom kill somebody who did something heinous to their child yeah and this the story reminded me so much of the girl i had touched on previously that they you know her friend could have saved her her friend could have helped her yes like billy could Mm -hmm. have fought him off to not kill i mean it didn't sound like he had a gun like yeah he had a knife but well, and clearly he had intention of doing it if he stopped on the way and got yes. all, all this stuff, the hatchet, you know. Like, like she knew Billy since she was in fifth grade. Yeah. That makes me so sad. And the fact that they were still buddies. It's I an- wish he would have gone to the authorities like way sooner though, mm-hmm. instead of letting two and a half years go by. Well, he's even interviewed to just say that he was still scared for his own life. Well, and- yeah, especially if he's watching this dude eat a sandwich with her flush oh on it. I'd, I'd, I'd be fucking terrified too. I think that's what they make the, you know, witness protection programs for and things like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, you shouldn't wait. This poor woman, this poor girl's mom, not knowing this whole time. Not that knowing makes it any better, but at least she can, Have some closure. Have some closure. And you're not not just one, because they didn't find a body for two and a half years. So, you know, they're thinking, like, anything could have happened. She could be in someone's cellar somewhere, for all you know. Right. But I just, you know, I hope that, her family was able to get some peace after knowing this and i know that billy is out now too because he only got one year and this was in the 90s but uh, i think i personally feel like they got the right guy i mean he seemed yeah it would seem so because you would have heard something about this other guy if sure if somebody's if somebody's that sadistic and committing these types of crimes it doesn't seem like they just stop Mm mm-hmm So it's a good thing that he is in prison for the rest of his life because I don't think he – no, I don't think, I know there's no chance that he would be a productive member of society. Well, I know he's trying to get another trial, which I don't know how that particularly works, but I think it's still in the same – his same defense that it was Billy and not him. If I hear anything, I'll keep you all updated. Yeah, for sure. (sighs) All right. Well, my story – is about Karen Pennell. This happened in Oldsmar, Florida. Karen was 38 
She worked for an airline and she loved it, but she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and she didn't know how long she could continue working. Oh God, that's a horrible disease. Yeah, very devastating, especially, you know, she's not that old at all. So Saturday morning, October 11th, 2003, Karen's boyfriend, Tim, became concerned because he couldn't get a hold of her. She was in the early stages of MS and was prone to blackouts and wouldn't answer her phone. So Tim decided he was going to drive to her apartment to check on her. He found the door ajar went in and found her laying on the floor and called 911. Karen was pronounced dead at the scene. A pizza box was on the counter with a delivery receipt of 8.48 p.m. the night before. There was also three letters written in blood on the wall by Karen's body, R-O-C, and blood on her fingers, like she had tried to write these letters on the wall as she lay dying. Rock was the name, and that was her former live-in boyfriend. So they're thinking at this point, this is like a clue, right? Karen and Rock had- Like she wrote, was trying to write who Mm -hmm. did this to her. Right. Karen and Rock had a bitter breakup a year earlier. Family members also said that Rock had a serious drug addiction, which had led to their breakup. There was also several incidents where police were called for domestic disputes. So it wasn't like this super healthy relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. So police questioned Rock, and he denied any involvement in Karen's murder. He said that he had not even seen Karen in six months, and they told him about his name being written in the blood, and he just had no comment. He resented that they were even questioning him about this. Um, And he also had lived in the house for a long time, so his fingerprints would be everywhere throughout her condo. Nothing was stolen inside the home. There was no forced entry, so police are thinking the motive was a hatred towards Karen. And also, the medical examiner determined that Karen had been stabbed 17 times so this unusual lot the unusual amount of violence again indicated that it was personal skin cells were found underneath her fingernails but unfortunately a dna test was inconclusive but there was also no pizza in her stomach and there was three pieces of pizza missing from the box Mm -hmm. so Somebody else was there. Karen's boyfriend, Tim, had an alibi for that night. He was with a friend at a lake cabin 25 miles away. So the person of most interest, again, was Rock. They had this tumultuous relationship. His name was written in blood. They're looking at him. But a closer look at the autopsy began to raise questions about the letters that were written on the wall. Karen had suffered a severe injury to her spinal column from a stab wound that practically severed her spinal cord. Which would have meant that she was partially paralyzed. And that combined with stab wounds to her pectoral muscles and aorta, they said it would have been impossible to write anything on the wall. Like she wouldn't have even been able to lift her finger. Yeah. So it was concluded that she was already dead when they were written. Yeah. And then why would he write his own name on the wall then? Right. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And blood spatter experts also said that whoever did write the name on the wall did so long after the attack because they were written over impact spatter, which was already dried. Ah, good old forensics, mm -hmm. blood splatter. They fucked up. The blood that was also on Karen's right finger, like that she wrote on the wall with supposedly, but she was left-handed. So (laughs) they know for sure at this point. It wasn't her. So who wrote the name on the wall? It had to be someone who knew the name of her ex-boyfriend and wanted to frame him. Mm -hmm. One possible suspect they had was Karen's ex-husband, Jeff. Karen was petitioning for higher alimony payments because of her recent MS diagnosis. So that could Mm -hmm. be a motive, right? But Jeff had an alibi. He was 300 miles away in Miami when Karen was murdered. So 
he's not considered a suspect anymore. So police take another look at Tim. Karen and Tim had only been dating a couple of months. They actually met when she bought a new car and Tim was the salesman. He sold her the car. A few days before Karen's death, she discovered that Tim had a past. Uh-oh. He had been released from prison just a year earlier and was still on probation. And he confessed all of this to her. They were home watching a show on TV about people with these pasts and things that you don't know. And Karen had said to him, how could somebody not know this about another person oh jeez! and then basically he was like well i have something to tell you pulled up his file on the computer showed her everything <sighs> he had spent 12 uh, years in prison can you imagine no like you're saying this to the wrong person then too yeah he had that's spent- like like you're like talking to somebody like, can you imagine like what it's like being a stripper oh my god and they're like well i'm a stripper well, you actually, would feel like the biggest ass yeah my shift starts tomorrow yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> And and they hadn't even known each other that long, you know? So imagine when she's like, oh, my God. I would be like, are you serious? So he had spent 12 years in prison for 16 felonies, including one for attempted murder. 16, 16 felonies? kidnapping, and running an illegal prostitution ring. Oh, my. Talk about not knowing who is sitting next to you. Yeah. And they had gone into like the attempted murder. Apparently, it was um, another person who owned a prostitution ring illegally, of course. And so Tim and this other guy got into it. There was like a shootout. Tim was shot twice. The other guy was shot. And that's where the attempted murder came from. Like, this guy's just bad news. Oh, my God. Yeah. And you're like sitting alone in your house with this person. Ugh. God. Mm Mm-mm. When Karen learned the truth, she ended their relationship. She gone. And who could fucking blame her? She started dating other men. Tim was a very jealous guy and began snooping around her house. And one day he found a used condom in Karen's trash and was furious. Karen had said she was afraid of Tim. He had tried to choke her and had family. Her family wanted her to get a restraining order against him. But Tim had an alibi and denied any involvement. He said he had stayed overnight with that co-worker at the lake cabin. So they look into that. Cell phone records show that he had called that co-worker after Karen's death from a cell phone tower by Karen's condo. Mm-hmm. So police are now looking more closely at a lot of things. They yeah, because that means you don't have an alibi. No, you don't have an alibi anymore. Uh, they look at the pizza, the pizza box, check it for fingerprints. Many prints were on the box. Karen's, the pizza employees, deliveries. And Tim's. So he was there Uh after the pizza was delivered. A more sophisticated DNA test was done on the skin cells underneath Karen's fingernails. And that time it worked. The DNA was Tim's. (gasps) So they concluded their theory, because Tim still doesn't admit to anything, is that he had gone to the house to try and convince her to rethink their relationship. He's super jealous that she's dating other men. But at some point in time, things turned violent and he murdered Karen. He wrote Rock's name on the wall over the already dried blood, but forgot Karen was left-handed and then called his co-worker trying to establish his alibi. (sighs) So thankfully, Tim was tried and convicted for first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison without parole. What a waste of a life. Like that poor girl. And she was doing the right thing by 
getting away getting from away. him if she didn't feel comfortable with him. That's why I think those restraining orders are just such bullshit. Like I went through a situation where they had asked me if I wanted a restraining order and like you have to pay for it mm-hmm. and I was like what's the point like yeah. I you can't shouldn't hold have to this piece of paper like up and be like well I have this you can't come here yeah uh well and to me this this story it sits with me way worse too because she met him just buying a car like it's so crazy how the world works and like just people you run into. Yeah, if she would have went the next day, she yeah. would have a different salesman. Or went to a different car dealership right. or whatever or said, you know what, I'm going to wait six more months before I buy a new car. Like uh, that's the thing that bothers me the most. It was like wrong place, wrong time for her to be there that day buying that car, meeting him. Because And then bringing up, you know, it's crazy how someone couldn't know about someone's yeah. past. Like who knows how much longer he – may have not told her not told her yeah and it's just crazy how you, things you really don't know about somebody so yeah. i just i feel so bad for her because she really had no idea what she was getting into unfortunately it was a twist of fate her meeting him not a good twist of fate it was a horrible twist of fate and then he's trying to put it on rock like that's just so what what if her spinal column hadn't been stabbed yeah. What if she was right-handed? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like they didn't test the, the pizza box more and they were just like, okay, well, the fingerprint or the skin cells under her fingernails came back inconclusive. I yeah. mean, it's no, like just she, crazy. It, she wrote rock. It must be rock, but it, it wasn't. <sighs> Thank God for forensics. Well, like the one I had too where the guy basically with the at the mobile home, the survivor story, mm-hmm. and basically he was like implementing himself in it and they were looking at him so much, but then the DNA didn't match. Yeah. Like it's just so crazy. Mm-hmm. Whew. Good old forensics. Yeah, thank God for forensics. <laughs> well, I'm glad he's in prison too, life without parole. I didn't look to see if anyone crazy lady married him in prison. Yeah, I'm sure. So I'm sure weird. there's someone sending him a letter. That's just one I'll never be able to understand. Well, I before you get into the blonde joke, I have a really funny story that I totally forgot to share. Oh, good. We can end with a funny story after our serious true crime. This was sent in by Erica. No letter, anything, or note. Just she must have thought we'd like this. (laughs) An elementary school teacher was arrested this morning after a drug bad trip caused her to strip naked in class, physically (gasps) assault her fourth grade students, severely biting two of them and injuring six because she was high on meth. How was she a teacher? <laughs> I don't know. If I this have is, no clue. I don't know if this is funny or tragic. I mean, <laughs> I think it's funny minus the kids getting bit. Yeah. I'm like what? Well, yeah. She strips in class. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my god! If that was your kid in the class, I'd knock this fucking bitch out. Fuck yeah! Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> I Yeah. You can't be a meth addict and teach our youth. Those two don't go hand in hand. So she's facing a total of 23 criminal charges, including aggravated assault, child endangerment, criminal neglect, and indecent exposure. What a fucking whack. Well, at least she won't be able to teach children again. Yes. Thank I, God. I mean, how do you how do you make that turn from being like a good teacher to all of a sudden you're doing math Uh, crack is whack 
<laughs> oh my god, too. So we're watching New Girl. They I've have never a seen whole it. episode. <laughs> so the lead is Zoe Deschanel, and then she has male roommates and the male roommates were talking about oh like this woman's breast size oh i don't i don't like a girl whose boobs are like this i don't like you know whatever and she's like you guys are so shallow i would never date a guy just based on that well she ends up meeting this you know to her like this hot guy and it turns out he has a micro penis oh (laughs) no now he was super douchey and she had a bet with one of her roommates that she could date him for for a month and Whoever lost the bet would owe the other $500. But she went on on a date with him and says to her roommate, she's like, I can't. He's like, oh, it's because he has a micro penis. And she's like, no, I'm sure I could make that work. Funny, but then <laughs> the other guys like look up micro penis and they're looking at it on the computer and they're like, oh my God, that poor guy has to live with that. Mm-hmm. Like, well, God is is evil. It was so funny. I just could not believe. <laughs> and then one of the most recent episodes we just watched, Mr. Belding was in there as Santa. Oh my And I was like, what gosh. the fuck? Like, it was like, <laughs> literally, I know the show came out years ago, but it's like too close to home right now. Right, because... You know what? I've talked to like just coworkers, friends. We're talking about the micro penis. A lot of people didn't know that it was a real thing. I never knew it was a real thing before. Years and years and years ago, we talked about your situation mm-hmm. with the micro penis. I had never my micro penis sexual endeavors. <laughs> I mean, I've you know seen one that's very small, but I don't think it classifies as a Rolo. Oh, mine was. <laughs> Oh, I showed my sister-in-law pictures too. She's like, it looks like a cinnamon bun. (laughs) If you haven't heard about my sexcapade with a micro penis, you got to go back a few episodes. Yeah, I don't even know what episode that would be. (laughs) I'd have to do some deep digging to find that one. I tried fucking one of those things. (laughs) (laughs) You mean just rubbing yourself on it. I mean, because really that's all it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where to. I don't. Begin. It's back there somewhere. If you find that little treasure, that little gem, <laughs> that little treasure, sexcapade with a micro penis. Maybe it's on like first dates <laughs> or something. I don't even know. It, it's it's a ways back there. All right. Well, our next episode, we're doing things that stay with you. Mm-hmm, like stories you've heard. It could be your personal story. It could be something you've heard from somebody else, something you found on the internet, but something that's like stayed with you that's like fucked you up. Yeah. Anything. Send them in. Yeah. We love to hear from True, true crime story, for whatever. You, from you. For, from you. There you go. I thought you were like <laughs> over there saying meow meow. I'm like, what? Meow <laughs> meow. Meow meow. <laughs> so uh blonde moments podcast at gmail.com or you can slide in our dms ooh, ooh. <laughs> all right i am going to end with our little blonde joke three blondes walk into a building you'd think at least one of them would have seen it <laughs> <laughs>